Hello and welcome to this episode of the Star Wars Universe Podcast. Today we are doing a live stream on the Twitch.tv Zen Madman. So we're doing this along with the Zen Madman himself, Paul Hoppy, and Animation Liberation host, J. Scotty St. Clair. Because all these podcasts are also the Star Wars Universe Podcast and the Animation Liberation Podcast, which I normally would have let J. Scotty break in and say, but I'm just so excited that we're on the live stream and we're going to be doing this pretty regularly. So, Bad Batch, Poker, all the great things. Right after this commercial break, we have no control over Welcome back. My name is Matthew. We're here to talk about the Bad Batch Episode 8, and we're doing this on the Twitch.tv stream of Zen Madman. And so with us today is the Zen Madman himself, Paul Hoppy. Paul, how are we doing today? Excellent. Uh, it's fun to, you know, host a podcast one time, uh, and then again we're doing it on Sunday, so that'll be fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, the Twitch stream's been going well, and uh, I've been enjoying the Bad Batch, so I'm here to talk awesome. about it. Awesome. Paul doesn't know yet that him hosting it means he's doing the sound editing later, but that'll be fun. <laughs> Meanwhile... <laughs> Jay Scotty Sinclair, how are you doing today? I am one with the Force, and the Force is with me. I couldn't be happier with the way that this season has uh, left us off at the halfway point. Very, very satisfied. Awesome, awesome. I'm, I'm, uh, we're not in total agreement on that, so I really look forward to hearing your thoughts on it. Oh, interesting, okay. Uh, and just letting folks who are listening along at home know, uh, we are doing this live on the Twitch TV, so that means that we are probably going to uh, hear feedback or comments from guests. We'll read, uh, we'll read those as they go questions, feedbacks, thoughts, stuff like that. And if you are one of the people watching along, please feel free to jump in, uh, you know, in the chat. Let us know what you think. Give us questions. Give us thoughts. We won't always respond to them immediately, but we're going to try and stop one or two times during this to take your thoughts, take your feedback, make it part of the conversation. Um, so let's just start with kind of the general stuff. Um, Jay Scotty, it sounds like you were a, a big fan of this episode. What'd you like? Well, just... I was completely blown away by the fact that the time it was over that it was only 26 minutes long. Like, so much happened in the span of 26 yeah. minutes. And the reason I made the reference to Chiwet Ermway, I want to say. Uh, mm-hmm. I might be wrong on the pronunciation there. Forgive me if I am. But the dark tone very much reminded me of Rogue One. And I've yeah. talked about this series a lot. I wanted it to embrace that, that darker tone that Rogue One did. And maybe we didn't get the exact dark payoff in all the regards that, that we did in Rogue One, but being the fact that this is a kid's show, it really did do some 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 dark things, and uh, I, I was just I was just really impressed with the again the the animation, the sound design, uh, the introduction of a certain character, and some of the scene transitions were just really dark dark and gruesome, especially for a kid's show. So that's where I'm coming from. I, I definitely hear that. I feel like in terms of animated TV shows. You know, I mean, we've for a long time had TV shows that were kids' shows that covered some pretty dark topics. I think Batman the Animated Series and Avatar The Last Airbender are kind of like the gold standard of that. Sure. But in terms of Star Wars, like I, I always thought The Clone Wars has some serious content, but it's much more a kids' show than either of the two I just mentioned. Rebels, I think, is more like Clone Wars to me is primarily aimed at like, you know, preteens. Rebels is like tweens, early teens. This feels like it's once again kind of bumped up a maturity level. And I, I really think, mm-hmm. yeah, that's something I'm enjoying. Paul, what about yourself? Um, yeah, so to that point, I'd say I feel like The Clone Wars does something that a lot of um, other, you know, initially children's media does. Sort of like, like Harry Potter is an example where there's mm-hmm. seven books. There's seven books of The Clone Wars. And in the beginning, things start out kind of light and fluffy and very kind of aimed at a certain age. And then... It goes on year by year, and it's like they're still aimed at the same people, 
uh-huh. those people are getting older. Yeah, I think it's a good way to put you it. You know, I mean, if you think of the end of season seven of Clone Wars, it's like, that's pretty heavy. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, honestly, <laughs> for me, it's like maybe the heaviest moments in, in Star Wars, yeah. you know, in all the canon. And, um, but, you know, seven, and that was even more than seven years later, right? Because they, they took a break. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, I, I think it makes sense for things that are initially kind of aimed at kids to sort of progress in a way, right? Where, where people right. can actually kind of grow up with them. And I yeah. feel like this show does that. Um, or th- this show kind of, to me, takes up, uh, picks up where the Clone Wars left off, which is more of an adult show or more of a, you know, later teen or whatever um, than certainly darker than, um, than the early Clone Wars episodes, you know. And mm-hmm. um, I enjoyed this episode. It, for me, it reminded me of Mandalorian particularly season two um so many of the same story beats yeah <laughs> like true. spoiler alert like they took grogu i mean uh, oh, they yeah. took, they took <laughs> that's fair that's totally fair <laughs> and like uh, there's like a, a shootout you know mm-hmm. and like the whole thing is like a you know um a uh found family kind of story so definitely mm-hmm. feels very well, similar we already have a couple of people in the chat uh including uh supreme mm-hmm. leader ash ashley coffin of the stranded panda podcast network who's reminding us that loki's influence can be found in all things because he is here to bring the chaos uh and is wondering if kids have died yet uh but uh, it, it's a good moment that if some of our listeners maybe haven't seen the show but just want to kind of get briefed uh can i uh call one of you give kind of like a quick plot summary what actually happens this episode yeah oh uh why don't why don't you do that jay scotty uh sure so Right off the bat, we get the reintroduction of Crosshair, and we know that he knows that Clone Force 99 is on Bracca, so it's going to be him taking a squad to preferably recover the squad because they are still a profitable asset, according to the Kaminoans. So we pick up on Bracca, we still get the found family growing a little bit closer, especially after some of the dark things that happened between Omega and Wrecker in the last episode. They get a nice heartfelt moment where... He gets to train her in disarming a smoke bomb. And uh, from there, it's it's pretty much full on out there aware of this incoming assault. And it's, it's pretty action heavy from there. I mean, as you mentioned, we get the, not only just the shootout, but we get to see how ruthless Crosshair is willing to be. He's basically willing to fry his, his family in, a, in the ion engine there. He gets pretty wrecked from it. And then Cad Bane steps onto the scene. I guess he's a third-party player the Kaminoans brought in, in addition to Finnick Shand, I believe, and he is able to incapacitate Hunter in a big way and make off with Omega. So that's kind of where we leave off, wondering what's going to happen with Omega going back to the Kaminoans and just how exactly are Clone Force 99 going to rescue her as well as how is Crosshair going to um, fit into the mix with all, all these different players now. I think I covered most of it there. Yeah, no, I think you hit the right little beats. And I'll say, um, it, it's kind of fun actually hearing you talk about Cad Bane. Cad Bane is a huge character from the Clone Wars and uh, Rebels TV show. And actually, so I want to I want to get your thoughts on him since because uh, you didn't have that background with him, right? Was this the first time you've seen Cad Bane? So I've I've seen him in other materials, just like on posters and stuff like that, mm-hmm. or just through you know being on social media and seeing the conversations that go on. So I had some awareness of who he was as a bounty hunter, but. Obviously, I'd, I'd seen the the wide brim cowboy hat and whatnot, but I did not <laughs> know to expect such heavy gunslinger themes. I love the like the Sergio yeah. Leone spaghetti western themes, and then just when we finally did get that shootout, man, is he capable? And man, is he like sardonic about it? It was it, I was just really really 
blown away by the character in just a, a very short time. I can see why he's such a uh, fan favorite there. Yeah, I, I that's great for me to hear because every time they bring back something that is like a favorite of mine, I definitely have this moment of like, I am so happy about this. I hope we're not alienating everyone else. And I feel like it seems so far they're doing a really good job of that, of like balancing because, you know, it's funny. We, we, we had a moment where we're looking to see him and through bo- both of those two shows, The Clone Wars and Rebels, there are two characters who really represent the kind of scum and villainy, bounty hunter, you know, s- smuggler world who we see constantly. One of whom is Cad Bane, okay. the other of whom is Hondo. <laughs> I okay. was definitely hoping it was Hondo at first, because Hondo is probably my favorite animated character they've ever made. I feel like in this series, um, the the characters who show up from pre... Like, almost every episode seems to have a reference to some character from some other um, piece of, you know, Star Wars. Uh, but they don't feel crammed into me. They feel... It's like, yeah, a bounty hunter would show up. It's this bounty hunter. Another bounty, showed, bounty hunter showed up earlier. It was Fennec, you know? Like, they come in sort of... They show up in organic spots. It doesn't feel, like, really um, super, like, oh, okay, sure, it's that person, you know? Yeah. Um, which sometimes you see in a lot of in a lot of fiction. It's like, why is it this person? You know, and it... it it, it makes the universe feel more connected to me, yeah. um, but not artificially so. I think that's very much how I feel. And J. Scott, it's why I'm so glad um, to hear that, that, that for you, like, you can really still enjoy this character because every time someone like Cad Bane, who's a total fan favorite, shows up again, I- I'm always like, I'm so thrilled. I hope this isn't totally alienating the folks who haven't seen that. And it seems like they're doing a really good job. And I'll acknowledge, when, when Cad Bane first showed up, there's kind of two characters in the... Clone Wars Rebels universe, who really are sort of like our two main f- people from the smugglers, bounty hunters, scum and villainy kind of world. Cad Bane being one, the other being Hondo. And they've kind of done a great job of it sort of being like, when you want the comedic bad guy who you love, but you hate, and he'll always pull one over you on you, but you're always sort of like, ah, that's just Hondo being Hondo. Hondo's a fantastic character for that. When, and then when they want the, like, no, actually, this isn't fun in games. This guy will kill you, kill your mother, and then steal your hat and walk away with it. Because there's a great scene where he gets that hat. It's oh, okay. fantastic. <laughs> Interesting. Uh, Cad Bane's your guy. And it's there was a moment where I thought it was going to be Hondo coming to rescue them. Oh, and I was God. like, yes, hot. No. Okay, no, it's the hat, Cad Bane. Yeah. <laughs> perfect. And in some ways, like, if there was going to be that one person who was going to be the, like, nope, this is the one person who can make things even worse, I, Cad Bane's perfect. And... I, I, I agree with you. That whole Western thing, it was... I don't know how they did it because I look back and I think back on it and I'm like, how was that not ridiculously cheesy and overdone? Um, I mean, Paul, you're talking about Mandalorian. Like, I think that's a more like straight up Western thing like with the music and all we've gotten, yeah. even a Mandalorian. Yeah, yeah. But, but it was so well done. You know. yeah. yeah. But it was so well done, especially because to me, the fact that he outdrew Hunter... You know, the mm-hmm. one who's been shown to be, like, the yeah. fastest, the quickest, the one who never, like, not quite the, the shot that Crosshair is, but the always there. I just thought it was so perfect, especially because, and this is the darkness of it, I thought for a good 30 seconds or so that Hunter was dead. Oh, same and here. Absolutely. For a show like this to make me think that, uh, that's impressive. Oh, yeah. Well, I, I think what gave a lot of credence to that is I talked about some of the gruesome scene transitions, but just to let you know... Like what to expect with this character right before that we had one of the like the darkest transitions i've ever seen in star wars period where we just had this 
dead clone helmet slumped up back against like a step and then the camera kind of panned around from there and you're like wow somebody laid waste to all of all of these clones and yeah yeah just everything from the scene transition to the voice acting uh, there, when we did our live watch on senior there was some some questions about whether or not it was the same voice actor from the clone wars and i have to imagine it, it is with the consistency the series has had so far mm-hmm. that makes do, sense. do you know for a fact if it, if it is uh for cad bane you mean yeah I think the voice sounded a little bit different to me, but also oh, the it? actor okay. has okay. aged probably 10 or 15 years since I last heard it. Okay, um, okay. If someone can look that up and, and let us know, that'd be great. Uh, but I, I think it was the same Should actor, but I'm not positive. Okay. Another thing that, to me, got to the darkness of this is, we talked about this a couple episodes ago. I'm not sure, uh, J. Scott, if you were on it for that one. But we talked about how, for the most part, they've done the kind of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., you know, Avatar, Batman-y kind of thing, or Daredevil kind of thing, of... There's a conceivable world in which our heroes haven't actually killed anybody. In which they're all using, like, stun settings and they're fighting their fellow clones. Wrecker threw soldiers out that window into that 200-foot drop. Like, yeah. there is no... Like, I mean, yes, like, Cad Bane killed people, but Wrecker flat-out killed people. Right. Uh, I think Hunter did as well. And it's in the, the heat of the battle. I don't think there's anything wrong with them doing that. Um, but it was still, it was like, okay, that's, that's again a level of darkness here. Cause they're not droids. They're not clones. And like, we talked before about how I think droid life and clone life should be honored, but these are straight up stormtroopers and they're killing them. And you know, our heroes do that all the time, but I still thought I was like, okay, we're, we're crossing a line here. Uh, not to mention Omega did that. Yeah. Oh yeah. She shot true. multiple clone troopers with, you know, with her, whatever it is, some kind of energy bow or whatever. And like, they're probably pretty dead, you yeah. know? I mean, maybe not. But, like, she wasn't like, oh, let me shoot them in the leg or whatever. She's like, no, these people are coming to try and kill us. I'm going to kill them. And, you know, having a child character do that, I think, is a level of darkness that, I don't know. I I would really like to see them kind of explore that in the, not the next episode. Because she's (laughs) probably not going to be, like, chatting with with the Bad Batch much in the next episode. But um, there's, wait, what's this boo not killing? (laughs) That's, there, that's was killing. there was lots of kill- <laughs> we're getting trolled in the chat um yeah. <laughs> pleasantly trolled um but yeah so it was uh, i think cory burton voices um correct Bain and yeah. also did reprise the role in this who also vo- voiced uh, count dooku in the series oh interesting yeah. oh nice cool. that's awesome i did not know that yeah nor did i and also kind of on that same line I think we sometimes wondered, like, since the Clone Wars, are, since the clones soldiers are firing, like, these blue lasers, there were some questions about, like, if they're always firing stun settings or whatever. I think now that we've seen again that the stun setting is that, like, circle, circle, circle oh, yeah, thing yeah. from A New Hope. Yeah. Right. I think it tells us they're, they're firing live fire. And certainly, as they're you not. were saying, Paul, Omega's uh, bow, that, that doesn't have a stun setting. That's just, <laughs> no. like, firing lasers. Um, uh, so, for sure. Uh, so what? So so let me start with where I admit I had kind of built myself into hoping that this was going to be the episode where we did kind of look back to see what's been happening on Coruscant. And, like, I think that's partially on me. I think, like, I might have bought into the Corifisto of the whole thing. <laughs> yeah. um, and that's certainly a thing. And I still have hope that we're going to get it later. But I think I, I definitely am, like, even though it's not about being disappointed by this episode... I'm definitely disappointed that we're not getting that story. Jumping right back into Crosshair and where he's going with the, I guess the group that's now mostly the the soldiers instead of clones. Um, 
Maybe we'll get that in the next episode. Maybe we just won't get it. Well, I'll be fine with that. But I, I think I'm definitely missing it. Is that something you two are feeling like you're missing? Nope. <laughs> last <laughs> last week I was, but I was pretty satisfied with just the inclusion of Crosshair this week. Mm-hmm. And we got Admiral Rampart. He wasn't a huge focal point. And we didn't see Tarkin at all, but just getting that development there with Crosshair was enough to satisfy me in that regard. That's fair. That's fair. I think I, I, it's a story I'm just super fascinated with. Given what they're doing in the novels, I imagine that if we don't get it in this, we will probably get, like, Crosshair's memoir or something like that. Mm-hmm. Especially because, and I'm curious what you think about this, they made a real point of showing Crosshair, like, getting knocked on the head. Mm-hmm. Um, now, we saw with Wrecker kind of the opposite, that, like, headaches and all that stuff are tied to the chip activating. Right. Do you think that we're supposed to think that that's the beginning of Crosshair's chip maybe starting to malfunction a bit? Or maybe, like, Crosshair starting to be able to take some control back? I think that they want you to think that, mm-hmm. but then it's going to like solidify just how sadistic a character Crosshair is by having him double down on his resolution to bring them in as traitors because he had a couple of moments when Omega was reaching out to him and saying, you know, it's not your fault. There's an inhibitor chip making you go through these things. And I have to imagine like Crosshair remembers going into that giant CAT scan machine and having his inhibitor chip in- increased. I don't think they wiped his memory from that unless I'm just not remembering that myself. So, um, forgive me, I'm kind of having a little bit of a brain, brain fart. forgot where I was going with it. There with it. Uh, somebody wants to pick up real quick. I'm sorry, I completely <laughs> sure, I, I'll, flubbed there. I think I was super rude and interrupted. Um, yeah, I, I think it's possible what you're saying about um, that maybe there's going to be kind of a false flag. Uh, I guess I, I feel like for me... One of the issues, I think, and Paul, you and I talked about this when we talked about uh, uh, Season 7. Mm-hmm. I love agency. I want yeah. characters to do things because they want to do them. And to me, the, the, the inhibitor chip actually helps to make Revenge of the Sith make a lot more sense. Mm-hmm. But also, depending on how extreme it is, it removes all agency. And, and so I've been, one of the things I really liked about how they did Wrecker is they kind of showed that there can be a gray area of, like, the chip is starting to have influence... But for a while, he's fighting it until he finally just kind of loses it entirely. I think I would be a bit frustrated if we get a story where Crosshair is evil and terrible and terrible until they stun him, take out the chip, and then everything's okay again. Um, So I think you're right. This might be kind of a false flag, especially because we've got a full eight more episodes to go. But I do hope that maybe this or maybe something else is starting to kind of make Crosshair's like doubts assert themselves so much. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it, it totally makes sense, and it does kind of help me get my thoughts together a little bit as well. It reminded me of what I wanted to bring up in the fact that when Omega was reaching out to him, he doubled down on his efforts, and he said, aim for the kid. And I did right. want to bring that up, and we've been talking about how the show is aimed for kids, but he literally right. had his troops <laughs> aim for the kids. That's true. <laughs> that was very true, That's yeah. That's true. Literally. Yeah, no, Crosshair is definitely, like, I mean, somewhere, like, young Anakin, new Vader is going, like, can a clone use the Force? Because this guy would make a good Inquisitor. He's got the right mentality. <laughs> so I, I, I have a lot to say about all of that. Um, the whole Coruscant thing, like, I just don't think this is that show. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, if it is cool, I'm happy for you. But, like, I'm totally good with it not being that. That's not what, what I expect out of it. So I think that, uh, I think a lot of it is, like, what our expectations are, right? Yeah. And so... Um, I can see how having those expectations and then having them not met would be frustrating. 
Uh, but I think they're going to give us like little bits of stuff of what's going on on kind of the Empire end. But right. mostly, I think we're going to stick with the, you know, um, the Bad yeah. Batch. That said, oh, no, now that Cad Bane has Omega, uh, I guess we'll probably see some there. But that's not the same as if, um, you know, Crosshair and company had, had captured her. I, right. I totally agree about agency. I think it's much less interesting when characters are just mind-controlled all the time. Um, I think it can be interesting if a character is mind-controlled, does a whole bunch of bad things... Then gets like, bro- or things we think are bad, right? They think they're, maybe they think they're good. Somebody does. Right. Um, then they get that mind control broken, but maybe they dig in. You know, sometimes people make a mistake, they know yeah, it's a mistake, and then they're, someone's like, hey, that was a mistake. Don't do that. Like, and then they're like, well, whatever, I did that. And they like make it part of their identity, even if, you know, I guess in reality, we don't have like mind control literally, right? But right. we do have people who act under the influence and persuasion of other people and often kind of entrench themselves in that position. And I think it's hard to dig out, you know, Um, Mm -hmm. without getting like too political overtly. Like if there's somebody who's very influential and like you end up kind of following them down a certain path, it can be hard to like tread back, you know? Right. And I could see, I, I would enjoy seeing this story where Crosshair does get free of the inhibitor chip, but it's like, Whatever, I'm still going to kill you all, you know, because that's what I think we should do. I can see that, especially because, like, the dynamic between the group was always sort of, like, a loving family, but also in that, like, five brothers who show love by, like, punching and insulting each other. Right. And if I was Crosshair, and suddenly I realized that, and I thought, if I go back to the gang and, like, sorry, oops, my bad, but not my fault, I'm with you, Wrecker's going to give me a whole bunch of shit. Tech is going to be like, they're all going to be like, see, we told you, we were right, yeah, you were wrong. Exactly. And Crosshair is such an ornery son of a bitch to begin with. Like, <laughs> that's not what he's into. So, yeah, yeah I, I don't know if they'd give us that story. I think it's possible, and I, I would love that. Yeah. And I'll just say also, to be clear, it's not that I want like 50% of the show on Coruscant and 50% with a bad batch. Sure. It's that I don't think I wanted it to begin with. But because they did give us those scenes of mm. Tarkin and Crosshair like deciding if they should have the clone troops, I felt like they yeah. just gave us enough of a taste that I'm like, yeah. just give me a few more bites of that story. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, because you're right. I, I want this to be the Bad Batch story, not the Coruscant story. But I think that's just where I'm coming from there. I get that. I think they could have had like an extra minute or two of, you know, before they sent the the... the I guess the commando group, right? It's, I mean, it's, there's crosshair and then three or four, and now there's three, right? Uh Um, He done shot one of them. But like, (laughs) (laughs) um, not clone troopers, but I think the rest of the stormtroopers, most of them are still clones, mostly because if you have the, the captions on, it says, you know, when somebody gets thrown off a thing, it says clone trooper in in brackets, screams or whatever, you know, (laughs) like... So uh, the the attribution of of the dialogue <laughs> seems He's, to still be the clone troopers. Were you watching in Spanish or another? I was going to ask. What I was watching yeah. in Spanish because I okay. don't think they're doing that in English. And there were numerous moments oh, where I no, there wasn't were the English clear. captions because uh, okay. I was too lazy to change them. Okay, I wonder if that's then they're showing those captions like different. Like if it's different when it's a like English translation versus like I don't know why it would. No, be, it's the same captions because I I didn't notice that in the captions. Did you, Jay Scotty? I did not notice that in the captions, but I do okay. think they did a good job if you were listening to it in English. They had the one voice actor in particular. Her voice stood out from her 
appearance, she was one of the kind of naysayers alongside the conscripted soldier that Crosshair ended up getting taken out. I do have a large truck here, so I apologize if I got a lot of yeah, background fine. noise. Give me one second. I'll just kind of say that again one more time. Uh, I did not notice that in the subcaptions, but if you were watching the show in English, I think they did a really good job with the voice acting, making them stand out. There was the one actress in particular who showed up in, I think it was episode three, she was one mm -hmm. of the conscripted soldiers that was a bit of a naysayer, but not the one that got shot. I recognized her voice in particular. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. And yeah, it, one thing it, I did want to bring yeah. up, sorry to, to just kind of no, jump in, but we were talking about how you, you wanted to see those things on Coruscant. I don't think you're wrong for kind of itching and wanting to see those things. I think they very much did set that up as part of the show. But in my live watch, one of the interesting speculations we got in regards to Omega is the fact that she has been taken and we got it reinforced the fact that the Kaminoans find her extremely valuable. So mm -hmm. right. we were kind of speculating going into the back half of the season, are we going to get revelations that she has some level of control over the rest of the clone army or uh. can maybe supersede the inhibitor chip or something like that? So I, I wonder if, if that story is going to come back in a big way in regards to her character. Yeah, I, I was having kind of a similar thought because it did seem like at first, I thought she was just, like, super clone, and so the thought was, well, the Empire's going to cancel our contract, but this way we can get a sense of, like, oh, no, you know, buy this kind of clone instead. But the way that they were talking in this, right, I think the Kaminoans have to know that they are now on very thin ice, that they mm -hmm. are now the definition of a loose end that the Empire might want to tie up. And, yeah, the fact that they're thinking of, like, you know, the project, which clearly Omega, Omega, uh, as the like, the solution to that. Yeah, I, I, I like where that's going, and I, I am excited to see more of like what's happening with the Kaminoans and, and how that plot ties out. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I in the beginning, I was like, what do the Kaminoans want? Like, why do they want Omega so much? Like, they refer to her as their like their backup plan or something, or their right, you know, their their emergency plan or something. And it's like, well. What's one clone gonna do for you? You know, and I don't know. I suppose we shall see. Right, and I I think the Kaminoans are in the uh, in the show, the Clone Wars. I don't think they show up in Rebels, but which might be an interesting thing as well. <laughs> that, yeah, that might be a little <laughs> bit of a hint. Because uh, Rebels is set after what we're watching now, but in the Clone Wars, at least, they're very much like they don't care about the Republic, about the Sith. They're not political. They're just war profiteers. Like, there's a right. couple of great episodes where um, there's, there's an attempt at peace or attempts to maybe, like, not, you know, invest even more of the Republic money in uh, buying more clones and things like that. And the Kaminoans basically, like, pull a lot of strings and do a lot of, like, shady things to try to keep the war going just to sell more clones. And I do at least kind of hope that they stay with that, like... It'd be kind of fun to learn something new about the Kevin Owens, but I sort of don't want them to have some, like, big agenda of their own one side or the other. I want them just to keep making money and that that's their hope and that that's – and also now, like, yeah. just cover their And or asses. survival, right. Yeah, exactly, which is, yeah. you know, also very legitimate. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> Do you think we're going to get some time now with Cad Bane and kind of, like, the, the, the scum and villainy of it all? I certainly hope so. Like I said, just <laughs> having very little exposure to the character, the, what, five minutes that we got with him here – Mm -hmm. I can't wait to see more. So I, I'd be pretty delighted if we got to spend an entire episode with him, if not maybe a couple episode arc. Yeah. 
I think we'll definitely spend some time with Cad Bane. I would imagine he'd go straightly, straightly back, <laughs> go directly <laughs> back to uh, the Kaminoans with with the bounty. Yeah. You know, yeah, but sure, yeah. um, so I think the next episode will feature Cad Bane, and that'll probably be uh, his arc in this series. I think it's probably true. But I look forward to it. I, I enjoy the character a lot. Yeah. He's a great character. I'm looking forward to him. I only bring it up because I think one thing we've talked about before is how great it is to watch the Republic become the Empire. And in the shows, at least, I think, for the Cad Banes and the Hondos of the world, the Republic was basically Gotham. You know? Like, <laughs> in theory, there's these Jedi running around trying to do things. But if you've got a criminal mastermind plot, go have fun. Like, in the public, <laughs> there's almost nothing holding you back. It's, it's right. Gotham. And, I, which is also fitting, because actually Cad Bane would make a fantastic Batman villain. But that's a whole other yeah, story. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but I, I, I would love to see the Cad Banes of the world dealing with, like, oh, damn. Like, this is, like, they care about us all of a sudden? Where did this happen? This is not okay. Yeah. yeah. Now, just speaking on, the like, the scum and villainy of it all, there's a character you brought up a couple times, Hondo. Now, I'm not as familiar with him, but I have to wonder talking about just being familiar with some of the imagery and like promotional materials is he the same species as cad bane is that why there was the potential for that confusion because i i do think i remember seeing is it i want to say that species might be and i might be confusing this with uh thrawn but is it chiss am i wrong there chiss chiss is thrawn so okay. he's not that ha- uh hondo uh he looks more kind of like leathery reptilian he's a oh, weak okay. way okay uh he's a weak I way who, okay i know what a weak way okay, okay. gotcha Gotcha. Uh, whereas Cad Bane... It's got um, kind of the skin beard, right? The, like, mm-hmm. sort of the kind of tentacly things hanging from his chin that seem right. to be, like, fleshy, but... Whereas yeah, Cad, ba- we... Cad Bane's a Burros. Uh, that's kind of the bluish oh, okay. skin. And, and I, th- I feel like we've seen him at least once without those things plugged into his face. So I'm mm, pretty sure he doesn't okay. actually need them to survive. They just... I, I'm not sure if they just help him some way or they make him look more badass or whatever it is. <laughs> okay. Um, but yeah, it'd be fun to kind of explore that some more. I kind of feel like now that we have Cad Bane, I don't think they can also give us Hondo. I think it would feel just a little too much. Especially because Hondo is a... He's a fantastic character, but he's much more of, like, the zany criminal than the actual scary criminal. Gotcha. Because he's the person who, like, nine times out of ten, you agree to work with Hondo. Hondo first screws your plans... Then you stop Hondo and you make a deal with him to work together against someone else. And Hondo promises you eight different ways that he's going to help you. And in the end, he screws you over. But he's helped you. But he's also <laughs> run away with, like, you know, yeah. whatever it is. And it's, it's, always that, it's always that, like, ah, there goes Hondo again. Instead of that, like, oh, God, Hondo's going to kill so, us. <laughs> not to deviate too much here, but have you guys seen the, the recent Mortal Kombat adaptation? I yes. did, yeah. Is it fair to say he's like Kano then? He's he's sounds he's like a bit like Kano. Mm, sort of like in terms of where he fits in with plots, kind of, but not okay. in terms of like motivation demeanor. and okay. yeah, demeanor. Yeah. Okay, gotcha. Um, yeah. I, I will say that I could see Hondo fitting in very easily in like Sid's sphere of influence. I think yeah. we I could see. see Hondo show up somewhere there. You know? I think okay. it's definitely true. I think it's gotcha. definitely true. Gotcha. Yeah, I think I actually thought that at one point we're talking about Hondo. Um, so I'm going back to just look through some of the uh, feedback we've been getting. Um, Catherine Ray said that I don't ever think they'd off Hunter like that mid-season. And I think, yeah, I, I that was part of why it was so shocking to me because it, it was f- funny to me that it, it I did believe it for a second. 
you know, 30 mm. seconds or whatever. And then, of course, I was like, no, come on, it's mid-season. They, they can't do that. But I was having the moment in the middle of, like, they can't do that. Can, can they? Like, I, it definitely sort of clicked for me that it was a possibility. Did, did, did both of you just think, like, of course he's okay? No. The way they, the way they did it. Just setting up the duel with like so much anticipation and the way it was over so quickly and his he just drops and Omega's immediately over him. I was completely convinced he was gone. And I do talk about, you know, how much how high I am on this episode. When we got the reveal that he was n- not dead, I, I thought it was I thought it was what's the word I'm looking for? They did pull the punch there a little bit, but mm-hmm. I was completely over it by the fact that we got a really interesting just point of view with him having the, the medical helmet on and having difficulty breathing and, and just being carted onto the ship right there. I thought that was really well done. So that was a great shot. Made me come yeah, full visual. circle. Yeah. The, I mean, apparently their armor is good for something, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> right? I think it is now quite literally plot armor in that it is exactly as good yeah. as the plot needs it to be. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> you need it to make a, a laser bolt not be lethal, great. You need it to right. be completely useless against a rock to the head. Right. You know, I mean, like... Yeah. I think a motorcycle helmet would have done those stormtroopers better on Endor. You know? Right, right. That would have given more protection. They do have um, different armor, though, than the rest of the, the clones, than the regs. That's true. So I wonder whether it's supposed to be better or what, you know. Right. They, they've never really addressed that, that I can recall. But it, right. it definitely looks different. It doesn't look like just a paint job to me. Mm-hmm. It looks I, like I it's a right. little different in function as well. Well, and here's kind of an interesting thing. Uh, One thing they've established already is that the Empire is trying to cut costs. Right. One reason why they want regular soldiers instead of clones is that they've specifically said regular soldiers are cheaper. Um, and uh, surely we don't have any evidence of this in our own world. But, you know, for a government like that to want to save costs by not giving its soldiers the armor they actually need to survive in the field, but just giving it an armor that looks good and doesn't really stop anything, like, that's... That's actually completely believable. I don't even know if they're attempting to do that, but that would be canon that would help explain why the Stormtrooper armor is so damn useless. Canon fodder canon. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah. Just just on the subject of how unique their armor is, it's something I wanted to bring up a couple of times, so there's just never a good opportunity for it. But I really appreciate the fact that uh, with Echo's helmet, it has actually, it's been like cut out in the back to accommodate his Mm. whole Lobo or Lobot um, cranium oh, structure there, so right. I love the attention to detail like that and the visual fidelity there. It's it's awesome. I love it. I actually haven't seen that, so that's awesome that you bring that up. Yeah. What what else did you notice about the uh, animation this time for either of you? Well, we got a lot of scenes that were pretty darkly lit and a lot of flashlights. And again, I've, I've talked about the particle effects, but just the lighting. Like there were many times, especially I, the the ones that come to first first to mind is when we they realized that they were being tracked by the scrapping guild there were a couple of times where you know these are fully helmed characters and when they turn and just looking at the way the lighting hits the cloth and whatnot there were a couple times where i i you could have told me like that was practical and i would have believed you it's it's just incredible yeah the lighting's so good um when like the ion what the the engine like starts to ignite right um, mm-hmm. Just the look of that, but also the way everything's illuminated by that, and that's you know a, a light source that's changing, um, and how um, Crosshair and everyone outside looked when it when it did fire, you know, when it did go mm-hmm. on, and uh, which uh, you know to their <laughs> n- not benefit uh, <laughs> didn't yeah. go exactly how they planned it, 
Uh, but right. yeah, the, the look of all that, um, and uh, overall, the you know just the 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 environments I just think are so well developed. You know, there's there's so much detail, um, and I, I you know I think it's just really visually well done. And, and again, actually, when when uh, when when Hunter goes down, I I did not think Hunter was dead. I I entertained the possibility but i was like they're probably not gonna bump off this character like my first thought was like oh he got shot of course he got shot and i was like i wonder if he's dead he's probably not dead it's midway through the series but that would be a choice you know it is called the bad batch it's not called hunter and friends (laughs) it's also not called the bad five or anything like that right exactly exactly and i mean early on in the series i was like they might just bump off like one of these characters every few episodes or whatever and this story is about how there's there's none at the end you know mm-hmm. um that's a possibility it doesn't feel like that's where they're going to go yeah. um i feel like they probably would have killed someone off earlier but you know this would have been a very kind of joss whedon thing to do of like oh let's kill someone off in the middle of the first season so people know we're serious yeah. And then anytime something <laughs> someone's in danger, we they always know that they're like really in danger that we could yeah. bump off any given character. I think that is true, especially because oh. now the, the flip side of it is true that you know as Catherine brought up, you were surprised to think that like you know Catherine was saying like you know she didn't think that they would kill off Hunter at this point. Right. To me, the fact that they didn't in this moment tells me like now maybe I'll be happily surprised at some point. Sounds like I really want death. Supreme Leader Ash do, is absolutely influencing us. Already, I made a comment about Mephisto because Supreme Leader <laughs> Ash's influence, like, it's just all terrible. Please keep coming to our, our, our live watches. But, <laughs> but yeah, I think I, I, I feel like now that Hunter didn't die, it's now going to be, like, very hard for me to ever believe that someone's mm. in that actual kind of lethal danger yeah. until we get to the last episode or two. You know, Because right, then I think yeah. it's entirely possible. Yeah, it makes the next number of episodes feel more like a cozy, you know, yeah. where you're like, yeah, they're, they're probably going to be okay. Um, but I brought that up, not just because I wanted to comment on it, but also I totally agree, Jay Scotty, that, that the way they handled, it wasn't just like you were looking at Hunter from the outside being like, oh, I, I don't feel so good. Like having that perspective made mm-hmm. it feel more real and it, it made the stakes feel like, like, oh, he got shot and he's fine. It didn't feel like that. Whereas if it was just an external shot, it would have felt like that. Here it was like, oh, he got shot and he is messed up, you know, and the situation is deteriorating rapidly. And, you know, it it made you feel getting shot in a way that I think, you know, um, which I'm sure that's not exactly what getting shot feels like. Um, (laughs) Having having never, you know, done that, I, I... you know, don't want to undersell the actuality <laughs> of getting shot, but it right. did give a, a feeling, right, that yeah. would have been lacking if we just saw from just like some, you know, vanilla angle from the exterior. Right. right. Uh, so we don't have too much time, in part because we have a hard out at noon. Uh, this is going to switch over into Paul's poker podcast, which I sure. strongly recommend people stick around for. We'll do a little bit of promo uh, before we end. But my final question is. Do you think there's a lot, like here we saw a crosshair be like, yeah, let's kill the kid. That's the first thing to do. Is there a line, and if so, has it already been passed, beyond which you think Crosshair can't be redeemed anymore? Like, it, and maybe because of the mind control thing, like, it doesn't exist, but, like, even to, or from the Bad Batch, do you think there's a line where it's like, we just can't welcome them back anymore? The, 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 the bond between them has been too split, or does the existence of a chip make that impossible? Hmm. 
It's a it's an excellent question, and just off the top of my head, I I would think that the one action in terms of like his former brothers, or I guess they still are his brothers, you know. I think if he were to, and, he, and heaven forbid this happens, but if he were to take out Omega, I think that would be like mm. the one unforgivable action to to that family. That's that's what would bar him from ever being a part of that family again. Yeah, I think if he successfully killed any of them, it would be close to a hard, like, we're done. Um, yeah. But at the same time, I think more so if they get their inhibitor chip removed from him and mm-hmm. then he turns on them or oh, tries yeah. to kill them, that's that's where I think there would be a line. Because I do think yeah. as long as he's mind-controlled and they know he's mind-controlled, they know he's mind-controlled. It's like, right. how can you actually hold a person responsible for something that they didn't do, somebody else did through their body, essentially, right? It was sure, someone else's sure. will. Yeah. Sure. And I will say on that note, I one of the things I didn't want but that I thought was very possible is, like, from Omega's perspective, I think it would have made total sense for her to be like, Uncle Wrecker betrayed me and turned on me and tried to kill me. Mm-hmm. And intellectually, I can know that that was the chip, but on some level, I'm just now scared of him, and I don't feel safe with him anymore. I think that would have been an understandable story. It was very much not the story I want. I didn't want to watch two or three episodes of them having to heal from that moment and her mm-hmm. having to earn his trust, him having to earn her trust again. Sure. So I, I felt very happy we didn't get that. Yeah. That does also tell me, so, I mean, like, given what he did, that, that, that maybe Crosshair can be more forgivable. But also, yeah, because they saw that it, it was like, Wrecker went into kind of a blind rage. Crosshair is, like, planning and plotting yeah. and clearly, like, in his rational mind, not just, like, in a berserker thing like Record right. was. Right. So, yeah, we'll see. I, I I hope not. I mean, I do hope that they do get the gang all back together again to some extent because I think Crosshair's sort of, like, orneriness makes a good counterpoint to everyone else. But we'll see. I mean, Crosshair did already, like, murder refugees and children and stuff, right? Like, that yep. actually yeah, already that's happened. Actually true. So there was there was a joke earlier from from Ash about whether any kids were killed, and I'm like, um, yeah, I think oh, yeah. so. There's been right? a lot of killing. There's been a lot like, of killing. <laughs> there's a lot of killing, and um, uh, you know, the Bad Batch doesn't know that. But again, I think that they would see like, yeah, he's mind controlled, you know. Yeah. And so there's only you know how how responsible can you hold someone for their actions when they're not really their actions? For sure. All right, well, we have now achieved uh, spending twice as long talking about the episode as the episode length it was itself. Uh, so kind of a quick wrap-up from Paul, uh, Scott, Jay Scotty. Any of the last comments you want to make or things you wanted to bring up? Well, I just wanted to bring up the fact that I love that the Dianoga got a name drop in this episode after I made the comparison last week. That was a little <laughs> uh, pat on the back for myself. And Well then, done, well done. Yeah, I just want to bring up the music again. The music was just so incredibly well done and i i love the incorporation of the western theme i talk about last week how we got the visual elements of horror introduced into star wars but yeah just getting those spaghetti western themes woven so deftly into into the star wars themes like that and it it didn't ever pull me out it just invested me so much more I, i i loved it yeah i i definitely agree with you there i think the music was so good especially because I've watched a good number of westerns. I like westerns, both kind of traditional and also like the Firefly Mandalorian style. Mm-hmm. I always thought the kind of like, you know, draw for your gun thing was one more like dumb, honorable combat nonsense. And seeing it here where it wasn't like, all right, we're having a fair fight. It was just like, okay, 
we're both in a situation where if one of us starts to be aggressive but does it too slowly, we're going to die. So we're both just waiting for our perfect moment. Like, I bought it. I mean, it made sense right. to me. You know, it wasn't didn't feel just... contrived. Yeah, it didn't feel contrived at all. So I just I thought that was perfect. Uh, Paul, what about from you? Um, I noticed that they knocked out the scrappers but didn't take their helmets off. And that raised the question to me, who are those people? Since we're currently still on a planet, right, that has some characters, some relevance for other parts of Star Wars canon. Ooh. Yeah. Like, that... I think they would... Because this would still be, like, three years after... uh, Three weeks, three months after... uh, Some period of time, yeah. uh, uh, Cal... Uh, from the uh, uh, Jedi Fallen Order has just crash landed. I, I think he's still pretty young. I don't think he would be one of them. But mm-hmm. yeah, it certainly could have been someone. We may well see. I think that's a great point. I hadn't thought of it. Uh, I certainly was thinking that we kind of rushed through Braca and all the uh, stuff that people thought was going to happen on this planet. I think we're going to have to go back. I think we're going to end the series on this planet with one more attempt to get a chip out of somebody. But right. Yeah, I think it's very interesting. Yeah. We don't know who those scrappers are. Out of whom? Who would we want to get a trip out of? <laughs> Can't imagine. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you both so much. This is a great audience. Uh, thank you so much. This is a, a great discussion. Uh, to the people in our chat, thank you so much. Um, uh, I think this live watch is a great thing. We're going to definitely do it again. We're going to bounce back and forth a bit, uh, depending on what's happening, as to whether we do this on Paul's stream, which is this one, Zen Madman, or my own, which is the Ethical Panda. So whether you're listening at home or you are uh, watching along with us or anywhere else, one of the best things you can do to support all the things we're doing is go to twitch.tv and just search for Zen Madman and, uh, and then later The Ethical Panda. And also, if you're not on the Stranded Panda TV uh, channel, go to each one of those and just click the follow button. You'll get notifications. You can also mute the notifications. <laughs> um, so you can follow us and know what we're doing. Or even if you just want to support us, if we can, uh, Paul has just gotten to 50 followers. I'm trying to get to 50. The more followers, if we get to 50, we can start turning this into, you know, generating the dollars, probably like a dollar at a time or so, but it'll build, it'll come, and it, it'll, it's going to make it so much more possible for us to bring you much more of this kind of content and to do it live and to do it in all these kind of great ways. Right. Um, so please do that. Check out all three of those great twitch.tv streams. Uh, Jay Scotty, you're obviously here from <clears throat> another great strand of Panda podcast. Tell us about what's happening on Animation Liberation. That's right. Animation Deliberation. We're the podcast that takes action, animation, and cartoons seriously, but not too seriously. I want to give a shout out to my co-host there, Zuhair. He has been able to hop on to a couple of episodes of this coverage that we're doing, but he's always got some great insights, and we have recently resumed our coverage of Young Justice Season 2, Invasion, so give us a listen there. We're still a new show, so if you wouldn't mind giving us a review and supporting us in that way, it'd be tremendous to our growth, so... Thank you for this opportunity. I love being part of the Stranded Panda Network and getting to hop on uh, streams like this and, and, and do stuff with some of you guys that are a little more experienced than, than myself. So yeah. always appreciate the learning experience and, and having these great conversations. Yeah, well, th- thank you. I, I love having you on here. You see things in the animation that I would just never see. <clears throat> and I, I love your comments about Star Wars in general. But also, as I said, you know, having the voice of that person who just loves these stories but hasn't seen all the back stuff, I think is just so interesting because it... To me, I want this show to be accessible for everybody, you know, in that kind of way. And so I, just, I love that you can bring that perspective. I know um, when it comes out, you're going to be doing uh, episodes on uh, the new He-Man, Masters of the Universe, that Kevin Smith is doing. I'm so excited Correct. for that show, and I'm definitely going to be, if you guys are doing live watches, you know, whatever it is, I definitely want to be a guest at some point. But mostly, I'm just so excited to hear you guys cover that. So 
um, definitely check out check that out. Subscribe yeah. to the Animation Deliberation podcast. Uh, and Paul, what about uh, you? What are we going to have in just a couple minutes on here? So I'm going to stream poker in a few minutes uh, every morning at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, noon Central for the Central Pandas and, you know, 1 Eastern, yada, yada, yada. Um, you can actually subscribe to my Twitch channel now, um, I believe. Uh, <laughs> it's, um, you know, uh, if you have Prime, I think you just click the thing and then some money goes from Jeff Bezos to me. So I'd probably end up paying taxes on it, whereas Bezos <laughs> won't. So, ah, there you go. There you go. So <laughs> right? you, not only are you helping us, you're helping America, which actually for many <laughs> that, of us is a disincentive. But still, that, like, that, patriotism. That is that is definitely not the theme of my channel. But, um, you know, learning and, and uh, thinking about things deeply is. And, um, you know, the, the poker generally I'm like pretty, pretty deep on, on strategy and stuff. But um, just just coming by and saying, hey, is, is always welcome. And I, I enjoy seeing people's not faces in the chat but um yeah and i'm gonna try and figure out some things to do with channel points now that i have those um if anybody has any suggestions for what they they like to use those for feel free to to make them and uh yeah we'll we'll be doing poker shortly and um and some other stuff soon yeah oh well, actually uh sorry i just want to Give specific thanks to the Stranded Panda Network for so many um, people following and, and helping me get to that 50 follower mark. And um, we're going to be doing a special episode Sunday night, right, mm -hmm. um, on on this Twitch channel, on, on my Twitch channel, um, for the fifth, 50th uh, follower yeah. as a, sort of a thank you. And so that should be yeah. fun. So check and out. And just that. kind of continuing the, the Twitch funness, uh, that's not a word, um, but we're going to do that episode. We're recording that at 8 p.m. Central. Uh, 6 p.m. Pacific, and we're going to do that on my Twitch ch uh, channel, The Ethical Panda, which will then roll into uh, my poker podcast starting at 9.30. Uh, I'm much more of a learner. Paul's been teaching me a lot. I I'm pretty good at poker, but I still have an awful lot to learn. And what I've been doing is I've uh, been talking, I'll be playing poker, I'll talk a bit about poker, but then especially I'm going to just be kind of rambling on whatever is a good, you know, geeky, ethical kind of uh, media topic of the day. We've talked about Loki and time travel. We've talked about queer representation. Um, we recently got an email about uh, the thirst episode that we recently did that I think maybe I might ha have some words to say about appropriate and inappropriate responses to people uh, talking about thirst. Uh, we might even get a guest or two on to discuss that. But so yeah, so uh, I'm trying to I'm trying to stream Sundays, Tuesdays, and Thursdays uh, at 9:30 p.m. Central. Not sure if it's always going to happen those days. Figuring out, but definitely Sunday, 8 p.m. will be. Our superhero ethics episode, 9.30 will be my poker podcast. So check all that out. Subscribe to all three of those channels, please, on Twitch.tv. You can turn off notifications. Just just follow and not even worry about it ever again and help us. Or check it out for some great content. Subscribe to this podcast. Subscribe to all the great Stranded Panda, Stranded Panda podcasts. And the most important thing that I need you to do is have a good day. Keep tuning in. That's T-O-O-N-I-N. <laughs> oh, I see what you did there.